you know, you think of Al Philippe as this kind of wily, you know, French pirate, you know, <laughs> Jack Sparrow. That's exactly guy. how I think about him. All of those things. Wily French <laughs> right. pirate, Jack, Jack Sparrow. Welcome to episode 102, Reboot, Redux of the Yeah you Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. And this is Sachirio. And I'm regular old Tom Gibbons. Special guest tonight, Vander Gibbon, joining us from Athens, Georgia. We recorded a little show last week, and we had such a fun time. And we know Tom's not racing his bike, and you'll learn about that when that video comes out. We thought, Tom, come on the podcast and talk shit with us. And he's here. And he brought his A-game to the with the, the video department, although we're only recording audio. So <laughs> you guys just have to imagine that Tom, you know, has got an amazing background. So it's automatic. He's got it's a branded. cool shirt on. His hair is long. He looks like Jesus. I'm like frontlit. You can see my face this time. I got some Google on and I cleaned the residue off my computer camera. It's like high production value over here in Athens no. right now. So you're welcome. I'm looking forward to the next episode of On Board with Vander Given. Me too. Mm-hmm. Maybe if racing starts up, if people start wearing their masks and stop racing in August when there's 160,000 people dead, but I'm not going to get too political about it. We can, we, we don't no. have to talk about that. Hey, man, cycling's political. It's all political. But we are coming together to talk about bikes. And guys, let's get right into it. La Primavera in August, and a new Milan San Remo course. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's usually the opener of the uh, the monuments, and now it's still it's, the opener. Yeah. But Just, what's funny is we're going to go to Lombardia next weekend. Right. They're getting so, all the Italian but stuff that was out a of short, the way. That was a short summer, huh? We went from we went from <laughs> spring to fall in a week. Yeah. Um, short summer, but not a short race. Uh, they had to change the course in Milan San Remo because well, it's August and people want to be at the beaches and you know little Italian mares, not 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 little Italian, but little villas along the beach want to have people you know on their beaches and not close roads, so. Matt, you've got the uh, profile behind you. Also, the bringing the this is the f- the finale profile, which that didn't change at all. The last two climbs, right? The last twenty five k you've got behind yeah. you there. Yeah, the, the Cipressa the, the... and the Poggio, but everything before that was different. So, but but it, it didn't really matter. Well, no, because because no, Milan San Remo, the only yeah, the only thing that matters about the first two hundred and fifty k is that it's there to like tire people out and you know make sure that you know some guys get enough flats and have to chase on and more on that later um yeah. and but this was it, the it's longest all a setup it's all a setup for the finale right yes but this was the longest one ever so it was what 305 315k including the neutral rollout and that's the longest they've ever done so i thought but, they liked bike racing in italy um, so what's up with these mares not wanting the race to come through their town? I'd think they'd want that. I didn't they, they hate, they hate bike racing over there as much as they hate it here. Like, I, I mean, I of, guess cause the beaches that it's peak season and that long drag along the coast there, they didn't want, you know, they, they wanted, they want people back on their beaches and, and stuff. Right. So I thought I this was responsibly COVID related. You're telling me it was tourism related. <laughs> Oh no, dude! They showed pictures of the beaches, and they were they were uh, packed with people. Packed with people. Yeah, San Remo had a lot of people on the beach. Nobody uh, watching the bike race, but lots of people hanging out on the beach. So, well, we were right. watching the bike race, yeah. and I mean, literally, you just you just had to turn in the last thirty five k, and so you know they should just do they should just do that circuit like five times. That would be a hell of a race. Yeah, but it, how do you get back? I don't know I, where I don't, I don't know. know where the There's circuit is. There's got to be is. some other road that goes around the back, and you just right. Ferries. Old, they would ferry old, from old the Old Road. Old Poggio Road goes yeah right back to the base of the Cipressa. The whole race the problem would there just is... be Cipressa Poggio like 15 times. Yeah, why not? Because you kill mm. people. <laughs> <laughs> also, Michael wouldn't... Matthews wouldn't have any hands left. 
<laughs> That's true. Also, this is like one of the oldest races on the calendar, and it starts in Milan and ends in San Remo. That's so, the name, Bodie. Yeah. That well, kind of would okay, defeat the yeah, object. I get that. I mean, like, I understand that's a name, but I mean, like, sure. Tour de France. Does it really go all over France? I mean, you know, it's the same. Yeah, they fudge the start all the time. Where was it supposed to be this year? Co Copenhagen? Uh, Not France. Where was it this year? It was somewhere yeah. else. They moved they, it to Brest. They asked that. Or was that for one of the other ones? I can't Paris remember. Paris-Roubaix. Does it really start in Paris and then does it go to Roubaix? Copien. No, it's, yeah. Right. Not like so, 50 years. so history, whatever. Anyway, Wout Van Aert wins the pair, uh, Milan San Marino <laughs> in a two-up sprint. <laughs> Still get it. Uh, against well, Julian maybe, maybe he wins Paris Roubaix too. <laughs> I think he's going to. Guys, look at the way that Wout is riding. I mean, first of all, Wout wins a monument before mm -hmm. Matthew Vanderpool. Who yeah. saw that coming? Hands up, you're a liar. I didn't see it coming. No. I thought he was washed up and done, honestly. <laughs> Wout? Yeah. No. I, I thought Vanderpool, Vanderpool crushed his spirit out in cyclocross, so he fled to the road, and then he didn't he didn't set the road on fire, and then Vanderpool followed him to the road, and I thought we were just going to see Wout limp away. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I mean, like last year, he won a, he won a sprint stage in the Tour, which was – so he beat Vanderpol to that because Vanderpol hasn't ridden the tour yet, and Wout did it and won a stage. Uh, then he had that horrible crash, and so coming back—I mean, that looked pretty awful. Coming back from that, pretty incredible. You know, his cyclocross season kind of late on. He had a little bit of success, didn't he? Uh, well, he didn't do that many. No, Wout. I mean, Wout had a great cyclocross se season considering what happened to him in the yeah. tour. I mean, look. So if you look at Wout's season, he won. The time trial in Tour de, the Criterium de Dauphiné, he also won a sprint stage. He won a sprint stage in the Tour de France. Then he crashed out in the time trial. Um, then he comes back. He wins Strada Bianchi. He wins Milan San Remo. I think at this point, I mean, the stock on WoW is up. Vanderpool, I don't know what's going on. Where, like, I don't know what he's doing. Matthew Vander who? I don't know. I think any conversation about WoW uh, needs to start and I don't know how far back we want to go, but it certainly needs to start with this year's Strada Bianchi, which we won't rehash. We recorded a little bit on that and last uh, last week, and that uh, headed to the dustbin of history. Uh, but Wout wins Strada Bianchi last week. I think it's also important to note that Wout's finished third in Strada Bianchi two years running. So it certainly suggests that he's got something for these one-day big races, right? And this year, it all came... It, it all came through, and and he wins Strada Bianchi in in fantastic fashion. Footnote to that, which we can talk about later: uh, Julian Alaphilippe flats in Strada Bianchi and is not there in the finale to mm. to give Wout really a run for his money. He doesn't make the selection because of his numerous six flats yeah, because of his numerous flats, uh, which you know. Given the way Milan San Remo finished, and of course, given the fact that Julian Alaphilippe won both Strada Bianchi and Milan San Remo last season, uh, it's interesting or uh, fun to think about what it might have been like in Strada Bianchi last week had Alaphilippe not flatted like that, uh, what the race might have uh, looked like into uh, uh, into the uh, into the finish if Alaphilippe mm -hmm. had been there. But this week he was there in Milan San Remo and, uh, and Wout was right there with him. Guys, I think that the last uh, 5K of that race was among some of the most exciting racing I've seen in a very long time. Um, and Wout looked like a beast. I mean, everybody knows Alaphilippe's got that sort of quick twitchy power up those little sort of uh, short to medium punchy climbs like that. And, um, you know, he was there this week. Um, he had his team working for him. Uh, and everything seemed to be perfect for him. He literally started flying up the Paggio. Nobody, not the best punchers in the, in the pro peloton could go with him. And they're a little bit late to respond, but just timely enough is Wout 
um, took him a bit to craw to claw onto his wheel, didn't it? And um, you know, you thought for a minute maybe he wasn't going to make it um, because man, Alaphilippe really had you know just kept finding an extra gear, literally finding an extra gear. You guys saw that picture of him; he was riding up the Poggio in his fifty-two twelve. Amazing. Although the, the the pitch is not that great, but still, I mean, he's climbing up. Oh. You know, fifty-two twelve was he running a compact? Yeah. Mid compact, right? Mid compact, yeah. That's the modern compact. The fifty-two, the fifty-two thirty, fifty-two thirty-six, probably. I don't know what the inside gear was, but uh, yeah. Anyway, and 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 then there's Welt. Um, you know, claws back on, and uh, what a fantastic descent! He Aired. was dropped at the top of the climb and then caught back on on the descent. Yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, it's always the, the the that descent is is always sketchy. There's always some rider. I mean, we saw Oss uh, on the Shapressa go around a, a turn and um, unclip, and Vanderpool. I mean, you know, there was a lot all this talk about Wout being a really good descender, and I'm like, okay, sure, why not? Like, I, does cyclocross translate to descending on the road? I, bike handling talk, in general, I guess. I guess. Okay. I mean. Sure, but yeah, so yeah, it looks like he got a gap, but Wow came back, and uh, let's I mean let's talk about that last one k. I mean so so they they've got a gap. They're like six seconds ahead. The 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 pack is chasing them down at one k to go. Uh, Al Philippe stops pulling, mm -hmm. and you're thinking, is it game over for them? Like, are they going to get caught up? Yeah, is, I was you know, texting. Banner I was texting you guys saying he was going to Amstel it. Right, Vanderpool looked like he was bringing this group back, um, and then and then Al Philippe stopped stopped pulling. And, and at that point, I'm thinking, well, I don't know what's you know what is Wout going to be able to pull them and keep the gap and then sprint from the front. And he did. That was pretty <laughs> I mean, ridiculous. I think we yeah. we sort of underestimate how good these guys are when they're on their best form of the year. Because obviously, you know, they're compared to the other best guys in the world, right? But to have a guy who's able, after 300 Ks, have you ever ridden 300 Ks? No. So no. No. I feel like humans can be strong through 200. Trained humans can be strong through 250. And around 280, I think the lights just go out unless you're a freak. So the fact that they're even able to get out of the saddle to go up the Poggio just blows my mind. Uh, and yeah. then in the final, yeah, the overhead shots, they come off the Poggio at six seconds and you're like, oh, no way, right? Mm -hmm. They have to keep, they have to ride a bunch off the wheel basically for six seconds. And then, yeah, he just gets dangled on the front for a whole K and that helicopter shot, they're just getting closer and closer and closer. And then the sprint opens up and you're like, dude, you've lost all your momentum. The guys behind you are flying. You just threw right. this away. And then Wout opens and Alaphilippe comes around him. Mm -hmm. And then Wow just pushes again, and it's just like that's just mind blowing to me that he could be that much better than the best bike racers in the world right now. And it's, I, yeah, I mean, he he might just win everything this fall. Yeah, you know why you know why Wow won that is because Wow was just like Wow don't give a fuck. He doesn't <laughs> care if Alaphilippe is just going to sit on his wheel. He's like, fuck it. I'm time trialing to the finish line. I will drag this fool with me if he doesn't want to work <laughs> because I'm not going to. Because I'm not going to lose this race because I'm worried about whether I finish first or second. I'm worried about finishing first, and it's first or 50th for me, and I don't give a fuck. I'm going to TT to the finish line, and then I'm going to out-sprint this little French dude, and he did it. <laughs> I think I think it's a testament to to Wow, and, like, you know, he... Wow, it's the guy who puts in work. You know Wow's the guy who's, like, in the gym like after hours before practice like you know shooting free throws like you know he had this injury so he had to come back from he had like a he had quite a, a lot of adversity to get over and you know someone else talking about like everybody else like during the pandemic is taking time off but wow it's probably just still putting out in that work trying to get back to his form wait we, and we talking about practice right? We're, We're talking, talking about practice. About practice. Yeah. See. See. Wow is not an Allen Iverson. Wow is I was going to compare him to Jordan. Right. He's exactly. Great, totally. Gets injured. Comes back stronger. And he's got. You know. You know. Wow's got a. He's got a. He's got a high. High race IQ. You know. He understands the game. 
And it's an interesting to contrast Wout and Ala Philippe. Very kind of just different like personalities, styles on the bike. If you look at that sprint at the end from the head-on shot, the amount of movement in Ala Philippe's back wheel it's is is skipping all over the place. Mm. And Wout is like on the ground, like he's he's like you know he's transferring all his power. He's being super efficient, and I I, I don't know. It's it just it's you know you think of Al Philippe as this kind of wily you know French pirate you know <laughs> Jack Sparrow. That's exactly guy. how I think about him. All of those things, wily French <laughs> right? pirate Jack, Jack Sparrow, dashing. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know he does the yoga on the bike when he's getting ready to attack, and and you know. Wout is this sort of very workman, you know, Belgian, you know, in the in the farm plowing the the, the what do they grow in Belgium? I don't Potatoes. know. They got tractors. That, they grow the beer. <laughs> they grow beer. So anyway, it was it was a cool to see that and and how that played out in the sprint and um, yeah, phenomenal finish. Well, if we're going to talk about the sprint, let's go ahead and talk about who ends up winning the pack sprint for third mm. with a busted up hand. He said he could barely grip the bars. Bling Matthews. Uh, coming through and out sprinting the field for third place. Yeah, so we were watching a little video before we started, and he apparently, uh, what on the Poggio? Yep. On the yeah. Poggio, he punched the, the one of the walls. Yeah, where the um, where the road narrows down, and you basically go through a doorway. Yeah, that's pretty intense. <laughs> um, and I don't know, somewhere I saw this, this came across my social media, was like a photo of his his shoes, his like white shoes. And I thought it was like some, like someone, like some artist like it, drew on his shoes. It looked like that spin art thing on the boardwalk where they have a piece of paper and it's spinning real fast <laughs> and they drop like a, a droplet of red dye on it and then it's splattered everywhere. It was all over should, his bike too, apparently. He should get yeah, a design like yeah. that. That should be his new shoe. That should, totally. I mean, that's that's pretty brutal i mean talk about you know being a hard man um well speaking of that just bling. change his nickname from bling to blood blood matthews Ooh, Ooh. wow <laughs> so tom you were saying he sounded belgian earlier on when we were listening to that yeah he just like i mean it happens to me whenever i go over there i start <laughs> structuring sentences the way they do and it's just yeah. like this very short truncated factual statements to uh, he was just like, yeah, I, um, uh, I was on the right, and then uh, yeah, and the, the peloton moved right, and I, um, I didn't have anywhere to go, so uh, yeah, I hit the wall. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, man, that's exactly what happened. Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah, just... And so we're watching this interview. It's on Flow Bikes, and, I'm, and he's wearing uh, a surgical mask, and I'm thinking, man, bling Matthews, like. There's so many opportunities to really bling out mm. your face, he needs... and you're just going with a generic he could surgical have a mask. Grill. He should have like a protective yeah. grill. Mm. You know, some some Swarovski <laughs> crystals around it or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just a new yeah. This 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 is giving the cyclists like way to add, they can add flair. You know, they get 15 pieces of flair. <laughs> uh... And you pulled that one from way back. <laughs> oh yeah one. oh yeah I love, I love it all right what's it what else i got in my notes here you know what so i was just looking at my sort of race race live race notes and i was thinking that they entered they had this stat that it was like they had this time in the red zone stat that would pop up yeah and i was like that's an interesting like number because you know we're getting like live power sometimes and if you don't really like someone said if you don't really know what that person's threshold is those watts kind of don't mean anything to you. But the idea that, like, how much time have they spent in the red, so I guess that'd be based off how much time they've been above threshold, that's an interesting stat. And so it's like, you know, Vincenzo Nibli, 5% in the red. You know, it's most of his his bar is green. So obviously he's been waiting, you know, and Trek's been, his, you know, his team's been doing work. But then every other rider, it's the same thing. So yeah. It's just like, they've, like, had an idea didn't quite like didn't quite pull it off but i really like that as sort of like race info yeah i have to say though i think ala philippe's was a little bit lower than five percent you know his, i think his was closer to two or three percent okay yeah. well I, I mean but well, it seems so like so arbitrary or, right it it's two or three percent of time of the total day mm. that is i don't that know what it that's is a, that's, i think yeah. so that that's, could i guess two so, or three yeah. percent could be huge over seven right. hours yeah that could be massive. 
Well, and the other thing is, is like they don't know. Okay, what, that's a good point. They don't know what these guys' metrics are. They're not revealing. Oh, this is mm. what this is what my threshold power to. is. This is my weight, and this is what my max heart rate and all that. They're not giving all that information to them. So it's just a guesstimate, really, isn't it? In in 2020, they should have to reveal all of that stuff. Because like, yeah, why would you not? That's just in the spirit of like clean sport. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they can I mean, get sure, the numbers like, from them, but they don't necessarily know what it means for that individual, right? Yeah, I mean, but as a fan, as a, as a fan, you want to know, like, who's got the ability to hit the turbo button, right? You want to see all that. Yeah, I, I, like I said, like a video it's a game. good idea, and I, I think it needs to be fleshed out a little more. But, yeah, like, like Tom's saying, if, if they're actually reporting, like, this is his threshold, you know, like, whenever he goes above this number, like, and you have all those metrics. Right. And all of these guys are lab tested. Like the yeah. results are all there. You just need a database. And then, yeah, yeah, you would actually have like accurate, oh shit, he's been, you know, 50% yeah, above I'd, threshold for two minutes now. That'd be awesome, man. I'd love to see, you know, what what Oss, what Oss was at. Like Oss basically brought everything, brought the break back and then neutralized every attack. I'm so glad that Matt, you had the profile behind me because I can get the order correct. <laughs> He Oss neutralized every attack up to Tripressa, and then he like attacks out the front, and you're just like, yeah, Oss, go for it. You know he wasn't gonna do anything, but it was awesome to see just like how much he put into yeah. it. Do you He's watch his videos? Before. No. Yeah. You don't watch his videos, Bodie? I don't. He, no. He's just like, I have a backpack full of GoPros, and I'm gonna ride from the top to the bottom of Italy and do these awesome video edits. You should check it out. But I think that's his whole okay. training. He just like. I, not bike packs, but he just does these heinous rides. Mm -hmm. So I guess it makes sense that after 280Ks, he's just like, cover, cover, cover. All right, see you, bye. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and speaking of us, uh, Sagan, once again. He's done. He's done. You think he's done, done he's forever? Done. Just done? retire. Yeah. He's yeah. terrible now. I wouldn't even take him on automatic at this point. Like, no good. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> that is a fucking wow. hot take right there. Oh, man. Spicy, That's a I almost win enough races for everybody, okay? <laughs> oh, wow. Your head just got real big, dude. I'm sorry, Sagan. I love you. I hope you win more stuff. I feel like I feel like on this show, I said that I don't. Okay, I've been on. I'm on a few podcasts these days, and there's some podcasts. I feel like it was the Yeah, You're Right podcast, like in January. I said that mm. Sagan's not going to win a single race this year. I'm sticking to that. I believe he's, it. But you know what? If if he is done, it should be it should totally be like you know soccer, so that he's going to either come to the states and play in L.A. or or Miami or something, or or he goes to Japan. You know, it would be it would go play for a Jap the Japanese league. <laughs> Can you imagine? If he, yeah, if he actually he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna go fucking to the states and race USA crits. That would yeah. be a super bummer for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think especially he if to... you don't have him on your team, yeah. which you oh, just yeah. said you won't. Oh, the, I mean, either way, I'm not winning. Yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So, but Sagan did get fourth though, which. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I'm wondering. Good. You guys are saying he's done. I'm sort of wondering where you're coming from with that because you know, I mean, that's not a terrible result. When's the last time he won a bike race? Oh, I don't know. Two years ago. I can't remember. I think he did a, a, a parking lot crit back in March, and he won that. I'll, I'm going to tell you right. I'm going to tell you. Uh, I have. Let's see. But yeah, so in Milan San Remo, he was fourth best in the world in that race. So he's still pretty good. But he second place in the sprint behind somebody with a broken hand. That's true. Uh, but he's After never... Van der Poel got stuck on the front. Yeah. He won a stage of the Tour de France last year. That's his last victory. Chump change. <laughs> so no, I'm, I, so Matt, to get to Townsend, so I just, I feel like he's he's expressed this. Like he's just not... Yeah. into the road cycling as much anymore. I mean, you saw it, like, even during, you know, the height of the pandemic, you know, he's like, I'm not going to ride my trainer at all. Like, I'm not, or I'm not going to do Zwift. Like, I don't care. Hmm. Like, that's, I just feel like that's his, mentally, he's just not there. He's just, uh, he's working he's on checking. his music now. He's just waiting for the tour of California to come back. 
Yeah, well, uh, it's like, I, I guess to Matt's point, soon. you know, maybe, maybe, you know, Matt, I know you're joking, obviously, about that, but maybe that's what it is. I mean, he needs to, he needs that California sunshine. I mean, maybe he's going to become a gravel. Well, he gravel comes driver. and trains. He still, like, comes and trains, like, last summer, right? He came out. Uh, yeah. He was out in yeah. California. He's going to come out and race the, uh, he's going to be at DK 200 next year. Maybe. That'd be kind of fun. Tom, <laughs> Tom has thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, I just, yeah. You know, it would suck. He's lifetime specialized. And if he retires, if he gets roped into like a Legion guest spot as just like pure publicity, <laughs> like, I don't know, Legion's blowing up. He has mm. sort of like a fuck it attitude. I could see that happening for like a couple of races where specialized is like, yeah, let's make this a circus. So actually, that'd be really cool, but it would also be sort of a bummer so here so here's how this is really cool for you tom yeah what if you beat signan in a crit he's racing for legion yeah and and like you know whatever it's not like he's gonna lap the field nobody's gonna the field it's it's, it's no like, he might though you think so wait he went to first of all thank you i'm flattered <laughs> <laughs> my best uci result was in the Tour of Britain stage four or five or something, 25th. That's the closest I ever got to the front of a bunch sprint. It's okay. just not even comparable. And to your point, he's not going to lap the field. At the Czech National Championships, when I guess he was three-time world champ at this point, and he goes to the Czech National Championships and just like fucking left with like 70K to go or something. And just like, <laughs> there's good riders in the Czech Republic. Yeah. Not yeah. sorry, Czech Slovakia. What am I saying? But they play. I mean, they race together. Mixed up. But they race together, Slovakia. You, and, oh, so Stebar's in the field then. Yeah. So they both both countries. Yeah. Do do the race together. So and you've got Sigan's some brother. solid guys there. Eh, more Stebar. Uraj. <laughs> yeah, speaking, speaking of Uraj or George, so that's what I'm thinking. Like Sagan, if he came to the states, he'd be totally like George Best. This is before your time, Tom. But you know, George yeah, Best was no like. Idea what's going on? Well, he was the best footballer in the world that never played in the World Cup because he was from Northern Ireland, which is kind of like Slovakia. You know, it's not like a big, uh, big name country. So, but George Best like retired from international football and came to play in the new, in the U.S. League in L.A. And he basically just opened up a pub and got drunk. So that was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that was his U.S. career. I like that we're, you know, we're thinking about what Sagan's going to do. I, I think he, I think he, maybe mountain bike, you know, he went for the Olympics and was it Rio? Yeah. Um, you know, I seriously, I think he's going to, he's got a gravel Fondo in California. Why would he not just go sandbag the U.S. gravel circuit and smash on Ted King? The gravel people would be so pissed. <laughs> They're already getting so mad that these like not even good pros or I mean no offense guys not even good pros are coming back and just like annihilating them. What if Sagan showed up and was he'd uh, be like, man, well, it's not the spirit of it. Like, <laughs> Grace, so deal with it. Yeah, I. You know what? It's so crazy. I forgot about all the whole gravel dust up like in January before the world just officially went down the toilet mm. when we were just like hemming and hawing over you and gravel and now it's just like that all just seems so fucking trivial and who the fuck cares <laughs> yeah yeah all right well this is all right well that was fun that was a fun segue yep yeah i feel like we wrapped milan san remo i wait i have a quiz okay we're gonna we're it's Bodie's quiz time and one of the answers has already been revealed on this podcast so in order to answer this question, you need to buzz in with your name. Okay. Wout Van Aert. So question number one. Wout Van Aert just won Milan San Remo and Strada Bianca. Who was the last rider to do that? Townsend. Townsend. Alaphilippe did it last year. Correct. Who was the rider to do that before? Alaphilippe. Oh, Tom. Matt. Oh, Tom, you go ahead. Tom. Cancellara. Ooh, no. Who's anyone else? Townsend. Townsend. Oh. Vincenzo Nibali? <laughs> Matt. Matt. Kwiatkowski. Yes. Oh, correct. Yeah. I just thought that was a fun little uh little run there. I was like, wow, you know, he's won 
Strada and Milan. Who's the last person to do that? Oh, it was last year. <laughs> and then yeah, but speak- what about before that? Uh, the year before? Uh, Kawasaki was like two or three years before that. So oh, really? right, bef- Actually, before we fully wrap MSR, let me ask you guys this question because it, it sort of came up on the Slow Ride Podcast Twitter, which is that uh, there was a, someone proposed that, that Alaphilippe was really bummed to look over his shoulder and see Wout getting onto his wheel uh, over the top of the Poggio. And the question is, did Wout getting over the Poggio in time to claw on to Alaphilippe and the two of them, at least for a couple K, work together to stay away? Did that end up helping Alaphilippe in finishing? Did that guarantee he would either finish first or second? Or does Alaphilippe, if he gets over the Poggio solo and Wout doesn't catch on, does Alaphilippe go on to win the race? And I think Alaphilippe does not stay away uh, if he's solo without uh, Wout's help. Uh, I don't think his gap was big enough. I think that the pack ends up catching him, and I think it actually helped secure Alaphilippe a podium spot by having Wout on his wheel um, on the Paggio descent. I would Thoughts? agree with that. And I would go so far as to say that he wouldn't have made it off the Poggio alone. Mm. I think Wout brought a lot of pace there that he didn't have, obviously. I mean, Wout closed him down in the top half. And I think if Wout's not there to push the pace, I mean, Alaphilippe looked ragged. He almost went over the one of those barriers just like over a cliff there. He was heavy <laughs> on the brakes. He had no flow. He was leaning way outside the bike. I don't think he makes it off the Poggio alone. Glad you, glad you brought up brakes there, Tom, uh, because... <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> Strada Bianchi and Milan San Remo. <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> what kind of brakes was Wout using? Uh, Regular brakes. They were those new um, <laughs> mega disc brakes where they like... The caliper is like... Where the wheel, it, where the wheel itself is the disc? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I just, I want to just rewind a bit, Townsend. I think you misinterpreted that gif. Maybe going to okay boomer you a bit on that one. That, the, that, that gif was the biting the knuckle like, oh, damn. Like, I'm excited. Like, I think Alphalete looked back and saw it was out and was like, hell yeah. Ah, We're going to go. Okay, well, then I, then I, then I did. Uh, I stand corrected <laughs> then. I, I, I thought it was the, oh, shit, I just put all this effort in. And no, it it's like, right there I, on my wheel. I'm so excited. I want to scream. I got to bite on something mm. so I don't. So before we do, I've got a question for you guys. This will be an easy one. Who was the last person to do it solo? Nibali did it solo, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. Two years ago. From... from uh, the Poggio. Yep. Attacked the Poggio, went over the top on his own, and yep. and made it all the way. And and he won that on the descent because that dude can freaking descend a bicycle. And he, we talk they, about you know, that for a sec. Yeah. We always yeah. we always talk about how powerful these guys are physiologically, how good they are. We don't really talk. We don't have a concept of how good they are descending. For reference, I'm going to roast myself here a little bit. I took a sweet little uh, 24 kilometer KOM downhill in Boise. No big deal. It took about like a minute. Uh, so I'm probably the best descender in the world. I got straight ridden out of Viviani's wheel. We were both dropped on a climb and then we just come over the top and he just starts riding. He fucking rode away from me. It just like he yeah. fingers in his nose and he's not even like a quote unquote great descender. Right. So I can't even fathom what Walt Van Aert was right. doing down that descent and mm-hmm. trying to follow that guy's wheel or like what a Kwiatkowski would do, especially in the rain. Yeah. Like it, that just makes my skin crawl. The, like <laughs> it blows my mind. Sorry. That's especially, I just, I was thinking especially that Especially if it. you, if you miss it, if you miss the corner, yeah. if you blow and it, you're going to wind up, up yeah. you're, you're going to wind up in some, on some dude's rooftop 40, <laughs> yeah. 40 feet below. Yeah. yeah, they're like waist high, like little barriers, and then just like a sheer drop. And, yeah. and that There's brings no us back margin to for error on that. Yeah, and that brings us back to that. That's not cyclocross skills. I don't think it. I don't think it does translate because if you think of like the hardest descents in cross, there's uh, Zonhoven, which is a sand descent, right? It's super steep and super sketch and everything, but it's just a straight bomb down. And the worst thing is, is you're going to go, you know, ass over tea kettle and. And, and land in the sand. 
and you're not going the, the kind of speeds that these guys are doing on the road. It's much less dangerous. I mean, the other one is what, uh, Gavir, where they have bouncy castles on the sides there on that descent. It's like, right. you know, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're just going to bounce off and maybe, you know, somebody's going to run over you. But uh, Counterpoint. Oh, sorry, I finished. No, no. But I'm just saying, I don't, there's no, the level of danger in cross is so far reduced. The amount of bravery you need to do that on a road descent with those kind of, I mean, the Poggio with those switchbacks, the tight walls, and then it's like low walls that, yeah, you can just go flip, you could flip over and you'd be, you'd be down on the beach. Yeah. Counterpoint. I think cyclocross just gives you so much comfort on the bike Mm. and knowing the limits of your equipment which is so critical to descending, knowing exactly, knowing your entrance speed, right? How high you can take your entrance speed and still get this bike around this arc. And even though the speed's not the same, even though the risk isn't as high because it's sand or whatever, having that, I think, goes a long way to being able to get down a road descent quicker, especially when you're comfortable with your bike not being completely attached to the ground. Right. There's a lot of side to side in cyclocross. Yeah. And I'll bet you anything they were drifting around some of those turns today. And I'll I'll bet a lot of that just knowing where to place yourself on your bike and knowing how much you can push your equipment goes a long way. Fair enough. That's yeah. my, my two yeah. cents. Well, uh, my final well, thought on MSR, Alaphilippe sure. is the definition of panache. Oh. Okay. I'm All just right. I, I as a rider. He... I think that I, I think this dude is he is full panache. I, I'll see I you all the time. I'll see you in Alaphilippe and raise you a Remco. Mm, speaking of, I nice thought, transition. Oh, there's there. a good segue too. Yeah, that's a good segue. But hang on, hang on. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that Larry Warbass, who did a two second lead out <laughs> at the Chapresha, was your panache. My MVP winner. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got you got you got to love seeing Larry. Um, all right, so let's you, Tom. You mentioned Remco. Uh, let's 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 go. It's a great segue. Let's go to the tour of Pologne. Ooh, Pologne. Pologne. Yeah. Um. Let's let's get bit to stage one. Uh, Poland. Buddies. The big crash. The horrifying, disturbing, and di- just. An insane finish to a race. Well, let's refit the segue, though, real quick, just so that we don't waste it. Remco Evenepoel wins the Tour of Poland. That's the segue. Yes, mm-hmm. Tom. Yeah, that is. Um, and, yeah. and let's also, again, backtrack to last weekend where he won the Vuelta Burgos, another five-day stage race. So the guy has won two stage races in a row and looked great doing it. Tom, to your point, the guy is, is, is full teenage swagger panache gc winner on the bike badass and you know making money and looking good doing it wait first of all would you say that remco is the wout van art of stage races i think remco's his own brand i think remco is going to be bigger than anybody I, I just I, who who at twenty years old just rides away from the best riders in the field for fifty one k. Yeah, Kenchelara did it in Roubaix. Boonen did it in Roubaix, but they were both peak. They were they were ruling the cycling world at that point. This guy right. is barely out of his teens. Yeah. He has no he experience. Can, yeah. He's been racing yeah. for two and a half years. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. He can time trial. He can climb. Um, yeah, what? He's gonna he, win more I than one bunch he, sprint in his career. Mark my yeah, words. he's 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 a powerful climber too. He can descend too. Last year when he won uh, Classica San Sebastian, man, he was just absolute. That was a ridiculous win. I mean, he he came from the back and just went straight through everybody, went into the break, and then just bossed that final climb. So watching Junior Worlds, I was like watching. I was like Remco, who the fuck is Remco? I don't know who that is. Belgium, cool, whatever. And I then, think like, that's he where just, we all learned about Remco, yeah. Right, and he rides his way through the field, and then rides off the front of the field, and you're like, yeah, great, okay, you're better than the juniors. Let's see you do it in the world tour. And then he fucking did it in the world tour. Mm-hmm. He just like <laughs> he there was no misstep, there was no learning curve. He was just like, yeah, I, I am Remco, and I I go on the attack now, and I win the race. Huh? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, look, Vuelta Burgos Sounds might not be the the Vuelta Burgos might not normally be 
you know, a Palmaris that you would say, hey, this is uh, something to, to notice. But this year, uh, because of COVID and because of the fact that this was the first big stage race back, there were hitters in that race that yeah, he yeah. beat. This was not a slack field. Yeah. Same for Tour of Poland. Might not normally be something that you would, you know, you talk about racing having an asterisk uh, after it this year because of COVID. Well, those two stage races should have, you know, asterisks that actually bump them up in importance this year because of COVID as opposed to an asterisk that says it's a, you know, less of an achievement. That's more of an achievement to win those two races this year than normal. I agree. Yeah, let's just go through that, the top three of the Tour of Poland GC. It's it, Remco wins, Jakob Fulsang in second, and Simon Yates in third, uh, Rafael Micah in fourth, Di- the Diego Ulissi. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of kind of crazy. Um, and then Burgos was Bernal. Uh Banal, right. you know, Banal and Sosa were there. You know, there was some. He won a pretty important Lon. race recently, I think, didn't he? Uh, Bernal. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he won the France. Tour de France last year. <laughs> but I, I want to talk a little bit about what happened on stage one tour of Poland because I, I didn't watch any rest of that race. Um, oh, t- Tom, I have so up? many thoughts. Finish your. I have you. Oh, you okay. finish. I have so all many right, thoughts. All right. So stage one of Tour of Poland uh, ends in a. It's a sprint finish and it ends in a just horrifying crash um Dilla Gronenwagen sort of essentially comes over and closes the door on Fabio Jakinson and he goes into the barriers and has to be intubated I believe on site and maybe flown out of there mm-hmm. uh into a medically induced coma uh, apparently he's 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 out of that now but he apparently broke all the bones in his face and he lost all his teeth mm-hmm. But he didn't suffer what I heard is no brain injury or no spinal injuries. But man, that was just horrifying to watch. That, and there's so yeah, much like that was NASCAR, about- man. That was NASCAR style. Like he went into the barriers, destroyed the barriers. The barriers came completely just disintegrated, blew up into the air, out into the race course. He goes, Jakobsen ends up going out into the crowd over the barriers into the crowd, taking out this old guy in the process. And yeah, just like breaking his entire face. It was, it's, it's sometimes trite, you know, to describe bike accidents as horrific or horrifying, but this was literally horrifying. Mm -hmm. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll pass the mic to Tom for his thoughts. So I just got to say off the top, uh, I am not a Dylan Hrunewagen fan. Uh, he's like a complete opposite type of rider from me. I watched an interview with him once and he's like, I hate training. I was just fast to do it out of necessity. And I'm like the complete opposite. I love the process of training and I love, I'm not a sprinter by nature. So we're like opposites, right? Not a fan of Runewagen. Uh People need to stop like sending him death threats. I feel for the guy so bad. Lefevre says he should be arrested and tried for attempted murder. And it's like the favor, like know you know how much weight your words carry here. Like the entire cycling community is listening, like back the fuck off. Not his fault. He moved a little bit to the to his right, camera left, right? Um over the course a, of a long way. Well, I mean it, was yeah. it yeah, was it a little bit too much? Absolutely. Is it something that's happened to me? Absolutely. Is it something that I've done? Absolutely. Is it something that every sprinter does? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The only reason that crash was so catastrophic was because of the downhill finish that has yeah. been part of the tour of Poland for how many years the riders have complained about it. Race organizers basically said, fuck you. I don't care. The UCI never stepped in. And when you're going that fast, if that crash happened at 65 K's an hour, if it happened at 55 K's an hour, first of all, there is no crash. Jakobsen dabs the brakes. He throws his arm up. Fuck you, Dylan. There's a protest after the race. That's it. But because they're going 80 Ks an hour, when you're going that fast, any micro adjustment could be death. Like I've done it behind the car, 80 up to almost 90 Ks an hour. And you're just like, I'm totally in control. But if anything happens, I'm probably dead. Mm-hmm. You can't have bunch sprint finishes that fast. So Bruno Egan fucked up, but he, he no more than any other sprinter ever. Um, right. And I, I, the people to blame here are race organizers UCI for not stepping in and his helmet flew off. So maybe there's some Ooh. questions that we need to ask specialized. Wow. 
that's that's my immediate input. Oh, and yeah, the barrier's just exploding. Mm-hmm. If yeah, they can't handle that's... the impact, maybe the sprint's too fast. So, maybe change the finish. So we know there are specific, like, you know, if you look at the Tour de France, they have those specific, like, last K barriers that are specifically designed for for, for that, right? The They don't have the feet coming out the bottom. They have that, like, the... Yes, the, the Abdijaparov uh, <sighs> adjustment yeah, there. Yeah. And, um, but also, yeah, I, I read that um, for that finish... You know the sprinters are running like a fifty-five tooth on the front because it's so fast. Right. To be at so yeah, and somebody like last year or something clocked over like a hundred and five k or something stupid on that on that finish. It's insane. Yeah, that's, that's too fast. That's yeah. The UCI should be stepping in on stuff like that. And I I think there's there's definitely that problem of you know the riders there's that riders union um, that doesn't seem to really do anything very much for the riders and the uci like you say doesn't seem to give a shit whatsoever uh we see all those races in spain we see all that you know the road furniture and stuff and like sometimes there's some guy waving a flag in front of you know a big bollard in the middle of the road there's got to be something better than they that they can do than, than stuff like that it's like if if it's that dangerous to take these riders down this route then don't do it so in any other sport, if like, let's say the NBA, if all of the basketball players were like, we're not playing until you fix this issue, there would be no season. Maybe they would bring in scabs, but the, that same group of players mm. would come to an agreement with the NBA and then the next year they would be back and it would be the same superstars. If cycling did that, there would be like 10 people who made the cut and then they would just replace everybody else. They treat them like they're so disposable and it's criminal well and they have absolutely no say and literally their lives are on the line and that was demonstrated at the tour of poland like that's how serious this is yeah to, but they just don't listen yeah to that point no i mean that's a- sorry i don't speak quick to that point nba players a lot of those guys can afford to not play the rest of the season you know they're making a shitload of money which most cyclists are not well yeah i mean that's sort of that's a one is is part of the you know how much money that sport brings in, but also the fact that, yeah, the players have, have, have a collective bargaining agreement and they get salaries, they get guaranteed salaries. And, and as you say, Tom, the cyclists don't have that, or they do have a union, but it's so weak that like, and there's no, like the fact that a fact that it's a tenuous sport at a tenuous Mm -hmm. time, that if you do say I'm, I'm, you know, NFL players are opting out. NBA players are opting out of their bubble basketball thing. Right. Like you said, the, 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 the cyclists can't do that. And the fact that this has happened at the stage continuously, and it, yeah, that, that seems like if you're looking at what can change out of this situation, it seems like this is something you actually could make happen. Like you can't take back, you know, the move that Dylan made as part of sprints and, and the barriers, like, A, the barriers should be connected. They're, well, I don't know what's going on with barriers. Good start. Yeah, you, you, could, you could say no, like that's, that seems like a very like tangible thing that the CPA uh, could do for Tour of Poland and actually have some sort of thing, something positive come out of this. Um, and I and I, I agree. Like you, you see, Dylan, I saw an interview with him, and like he look. I mean, like I can't. Um, like obviously, you feel for Fabio, and yeah. but also you feel for Dylan. Like that's that's you know that's not that his intent. His intent when he sort of did his sprint. That's not how anybody ever imagined this ending up and you you like you're a different person in the sprint never in a million years did that thought cross dylan's mind that he was putting jacobson into the barriers he was just like i'm gonna make him take the long way around but then in doing so close the door and because of the speed Mm -hmm. i have to believe fabio is a better bike handler than that was there even contact it was just sort of like yeah it's it's just the speed it's just the speed yeah they're just going so fast. Wow, that's that's a really good point, uh, Tom. Um, so yeah, that's. I don't have I don't have a good way to wrap that up other than, damn. Uphill you know, sprints only. Like, that's a thing they can make yeah. happen. There you yeah. go. There Come you at go. it from the other direction. A lot safer. Yeah. Right. Just route it around the back of town and finish up the hill. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Wow. We Same town. It. Yeah. Hey, you uh, just take you take old Poland Road around the back, and <laughs> yeah. then you come up and you finish uphill. 
up the back of the Poggio, do 20 laps, yeah. and then finish up the hill. There you go. Yeah. A lot of racing going on right now. We're, yeah, obviously, this is a truncated season. We had a pretty good, you know, maybe we call it a Tour de France preview of Yumbo and Ineos at the Tour de Lane. I don't even know how Tour to de say it. Tour de Lane? Yeah. Tour de Lane? Um, Tour de Lane? In Tour which... de Lane. Doodala. Perfect. Doodala. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the Belgian uh, um, pronunciation of it. <laughs> so Rojlik won the GC. Am I correct? I, I should Wait, know who? This. Podcast, Sorry, can we go back? Who? Roglic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Potato tomato. <laughs> all all I want to say out of that is that I feel like Yumbo has a really good team, um, yeah. and Bernal. I watched little highlights, came back a bunch of times, but but Ineos, not as many people. I mean, I'm pretty excited for the tour, and we're going into the Dauphiné, and it looks like they have that same team. It's almost a tour team, plus WoW is a domestique. Like, we're going to have some fireworks. Like, I'm I'm excited. I'm We've been watching some sprints and classic-y stuff. I'm a little excited for some climby battles. Ineos might be losing their grip. Ooh, they're losing. That's... They're losing Froome, who probably isn't going to be the guy anymore anyway, right? I don't think he's going to be at the uh, tour. Bernal's going to be the guy. I don't think they're even going to. T- don't I don't think they're going to take him. Nope. They've already got everybody but Wong picked there. out. Basically, everybody else has been selected already. Their, their tour squad, and I don't think Froome's going to make the cut. You think they take Gagan Hart instead of two? Oh, uh, they're already Froome? taking Gagan Hart. That's guaranteed. That I don't think okay. they're going to take Froome. I think they're going to take one of one of the Amador? others. Um. Yeah. Not Amador. Yeah, Amador. May maybe. I don't know. He's probably more going to be working at the Giro for uh, Carapaz. But uh, Tom. Back to my point. <laughs> <laughs> they're losing Froome. I'll bet you anything. Froome takes two to three guys with them, so they're going to lose a good heart of their team, and they can try to replace them. But now the heart of Ineos may go over to Israel Cycling Academy. Lado Yumbo is just like. They're doing their thing. They figured it out. So now we're looking at a potential to have three high caliber teams. And then you throw in movie star to movie star to animate. Like this might be the end of Ineos as we know them, which would be super exciting. And which would be great for the fans. Yeah. Phenomenal tour. It would be super for the sport. You know, it wouldn't be the same old thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I mean, unless you just swap the Sky slash Ineos train for the for the Yumbo the Yumbo train, but Yumbo's not really built that way, right? I mean, they're not they're not built that sort of like mechanical Sky train sort of you know sort of way. I don't know if you saw some of that race. They had uh, that's they were doing what Ineos did to everybody else. You know, they were they were putting they had four guys in the in the selection on the climb. You know, just absolutely drilling it and shelling out you know shelling out Ineos riders they were putting the hurt on them I guess you're right and and honestly if you look at Milan San Remo they had you know four guys uh you know up working at the you know at the foot of the Poggio uh I guess setting wild up so um who knows I mean I guess that is the way you do bike racing right you try to bring you try to bring riders to the front to to uh, protect your to protect your main guy and and especially on climbs, stay with it and drive it as long as you can. So there's, you know, no shame in that game. Mm-hmm. But it just uh, Sky made it Sky made it look incredibly boring for a long time, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It was a new postal. Well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, it's at a point this year where it's enough of a equal. Equal squads on each side that will have a really good. Um, and well, you've got early tour picks on your on your agenda, Bodie. Do you want to go there? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Early tour, early tour picks. Who do we got? Who's gonna win the 2020 fucking weird ass year Tour de France? I don't know. Sagan will probably be second and everything though. <laughs> okay. Sagan... Do you think Sagan will win the green jersey again? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Maybe Bling contests nope. it, but he's just like head and shoulders better over three weeks contesting intermediate sprints, hilly sprints, breakaway right. days. He's just, he's better. What about Wout? No. I think Wout's going to be caught up in a lot of protection duties. Yeah. He might have other jobs. Yeah, yeah he's going to be a big man well, on the seems point, that actually. Way. Mm. Well, here's, 
No, it really does seem that but, way. But to that and to that point as well, Jumbo Visma's not going to bring Grunewagen to the tour. So they're going to be... He's broken collarbone anyway. Yeah, they're going to be all in on GC. Uh, Wout's going to be super domestique. He's going to be in that kind of Luke Rowe... Kawasaki Luke Rowe slash Kawasaki kind of role. Yeah. <laughs> I pretend I'm him when I'm going up climbs. <laughs> I'm like... <sighs> I just like blow myself up. Like, yeah, Michael would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> Toss your glasses. I do the same thing, but it takes me about 200 yards, you know. <laughs> and you're done. Yeah. All right. Well, what about GC, guys? I mean, where, 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 what do you think? I mean, is, is, or, I mean, what's the, I mean, obviously you've got, if, if you're, if you're looking at Enios versus Yumbo Visma, obviously you're, I mean, who's Enios? focusing their race around is it Bernal again this year Bernal is it yeah okay. I'm, I'm so hmm. Matt you're going I'm gonna on say Bernal. Bernal first Roglic second that's my is Remco going to the tour no he's going to the Giro <laughs> no he's going to the Giro well then he's gonna win the Giro he's gonna be up against Carapaz <laughs> so but yeah I think I think Remco is gonna win the Giro beat him last week didn't he yeah I think uh, Carapaz won one stage so he's got one win under his belt for Ineos. Now, what about Nibali? Is he going to the Giro or is he going to the Tour? Uh, I, th Anybody know? I think Nibali's Giro and Port is Tour. Oh, okay. Well, Port, Port, is, Port is not going to win the Tour de France. <laughs> He's not. Port's going to look good What's... in the first week. He got second up Vontu um, the other day. Yeah. Yeah. No. He's, he's going to... Yeah. He's going to... He's going to um, blast off and disappoint. <laughs> All right, early pick, early pick. Okay, so here's my question: Is it Domelon or Rojlik who is who's the GC leader Roglic. at the tour? Roglic. Roglic. Okay. <laughs> I'm I, still, I, still. I'm trying to figure out how Bodhi's pronouncing that. He just heard Roglic. two of us say it in a row, and he still Roglic. got it wrong. <laughs> Roglic. Roglic. He licks roses. All right, well, I'm I'm picking Roglic. Almost. You're right there. Remember, it's Rog and Pog. So close. There's Pogacha, Rog and Pog. Rog Roglitch. Roglitch. Yeah. Roglitch. Like a glitch. He's okay. a glitch in the system because he's so good. That's a, ooh, that's uh, good way to do how, it. How about, I'm not going to make a pick, but I'm going to pick a dark horse. Uh, and it's going to either be uh, Shockman or Grosschartner from Bora Hansgrove. <laughs> that would be a shock, a, man. Is going to have a great tour this year. Did you say that again, Tom? I said that would be a shock, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. No, I love it. I love the puns. I love it. Just great. Yeah. All right, Tom, do you, who is your pick? Bernal. Not, I'm, okay. I'm expecting right. Remco to show up at the Grand Depart and be like, oh, maybe I start today. I don't see how I feel. <laughs> if the legs are good in the final, I go, eh? <laughs> I got good sensations, so I called up Patrick. <laughs> Love it. Okay. All right, guys. Well, on that note, I think I think we hit it. I think that's mm. about it. Um, unless Tom, you had some news you want to announce on this podcast. He's talking about the Google Doc. Yeah. Me transferring to Legion. Is that true? I can neither confirm nor deny that rumor that I made up 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. Well, I gotta get off, guys. Okay. It was real nice chatting with you. It's either it's either Tom or Sagan. Mm. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I think I'm going to lose my spot. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess I forgot. On this show, we sign off. So, uh, Townsend, you got to lead us off. Uh, well, this is uh, the T-Bone, and I guess I'll close it out uh, just to, uh, to follow up on an earlier conversation by saying, uh, Tom, if, you, uh, if Sagan does – uh, join Legion and starts racing USA crits. Um, you might not have a chance to beat him, uh, but you certainly have a chance to finish second to him, which would also be pretty awesome. Then I would be the American Sagan. That's right. Second <laughs> place. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. All right, Tom, is that your sign off? Uh, yeah. Uh, always there or thereabouts, but never the top step. Tom Gibbons signing off. And, and, uh, this is Sir Cheerio signing off also. <laughs>
Oh, this is the Bodie Bodie. Thanks again for listening to the Yeah You Ride podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach us at yayuride at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on the Instagram. Also, go to the Wide Angle Podium Network YouTube and subscribe, please. Um, we're making content over there as well. Some of it's going to feature all of us and Tom soon. So once again, go to the Wide Angle Podium YouTube, subscribe, like all those shows, lots of good cycling content coming out. Um, and yeah, so long and thanks for all the fish. Love it. How do we start? We say the number. I forgot how to start the show. It's been so long. It's not for foodies. It's for eaters.